troubled by strange noises in the middle of the night. Do you experience feelings of dread in your basement or attic? Have you or any of your family ever seen a spook, specter, or ghost? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go Ghostbusters! Our courteous and efficient staff is on call 24 hours a day to serve all your supernatural elimination needs. We're ready to believe you! At That Horror Show Podcast. One, two, three. Are we recording? Yes, yes. Okay, right finally. Right. That's yeah. odd. Okay. Yes. Welcome to that Ghostbusters episode. <laughs> yes, yes. Or that bonus episode. Or that after show episode. Yes. Or that just two guys talking and just... Eh? Know, yeah. Or basically just... We're, the show we are giving you is basically just us sitting back doing after doing one of our more professional pro- podcastings. <laughs> professional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, wait. I'm sorry. Well, we are definitely not pre- too prepped for this. I mean, we are going to be ex- talking about information that we are going to repeat from secondhand sources. Not even like mentioning the name. Probably <laughs> Richard Roper. Yeah. Well, yeah, or Reddit. You know, if you want to believe everything off that. Oh my God! All right. Okay. All right. Well, recorded on Tuesday, July twenty second, two thousand and sixteen. Welcome to a very special THSP bonus episode. I'm Tim Casel, along with Chris Canning, are your hosts. Tonight, we'll be discussing Paul Figg's new movie, Ghostbusters, that just opened two weeks ago on Friday, July fifteenth. How you yes. doing, Chris? Oh, I'm doing fine. How about you? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. So let's discuss Ghostbusters well, and everything Ghostbusters. I, I think we should begin with um, – before talking about the, the, new, the new movie, you know, remake or reboot, whichever term you want to prefer, um, we should probably just talk just a little bit about the original film from 84 and if, yeah. and, and if we feel – A favorite inc- of mine. Right, and mine too. And if we feel inclined to do so, maybe the 1990 sequel that – a lot of people don't like, but eighty nine. Well, eighty nine. Well, eighty nine came out ninety. So, which you know, whichever way the date goes. But um, so, Tim, why don't you know? Most people who have been introduced to Ghostbusters have either been at the young age or probably when they're teens. So, right. you know, when, when was the first time you oh saw Ghostbusters? God. Probably, I want to say mid to mid 80s because I would say because it came out in 84 so I was like six then so I probably saw it probably about two or three years later on TV and I know I I recorded it off television (laughs) like most of us us kids of the 80s and 90s (laughs) have done and I must have burned out that VHS copy I've watched the the, that original or the the television broadcast probably about a hundred thousand times Uh, that and and Goonies (laughs) I recorded it off television so yeah I'd say I want to say probably about 86, 87 Probably yeah. when I was a kid. Um, how about you? Uh, I saw it. Well, I was born in '84, so I saw. Yeah, yeah I know <laughs> so, uh, how oh, you youngin'. <laughs> yeah, so I'm born '84. Um, saw the saw it. I think, as far as my memory can tell me, back in the early '90s, '91, '92, I think, or maybe '90. I think um, a f- friend of my mom had recorded it off television. Of course, that's and, a- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So they. They gave us the tape, and uh, surprisingly, interestingly enough, that tape is the uh, very, very rare TV cut of the film. Because not to get too technical into it, but there's like alternate shots, not shots that are dubbed over, like you used to see with movies like Die Hard, you know, when they showed them on television. But this is like a rare TV version where they actually had shot alternate versions of certain lines. Yeah, I would love to see that again. It's been years since I've yeah, seen that. Yeah, yeah, I have it. I actually transferred it over to DVD-R just because, you know, eventually the tape starts falling apart. So it's like... Oh, you got to make me a copy of that. I yeah, yeah, I'll see that. what I can. But uh, I'll send you a, a blank disc. Right. <laughs> but uh, I saw it. That's how I saw the movie. 
And then uh, I, I, I have vague memories of seeing the sequel in theaters, now, so I'm trying to remember. I remember seeing the sequel. Yeah. Um, because again, I'm a little older than you. Um, well, that's but fine. <laughs> my my, par- my my parents, both my mom and dad, took me and my sister to go see Ghostbusters two at like the Tivoli South. If you remember mm. Tivoli South, if you're from the Chicagoland area or the you know area, it's a it's a secondhand uh, run video uh, movie house or yeah. was, um, and it, it was a small theater. And I remember seeing it. And as a kid, I was just so stoked to see it. I was happy. I loved it. And then watching it a few years later, I'm like. Yeah, it's really not that good, but well, it still has its merits. I mean, it's still funny. It's, it's still yeah, entertaining. Yeah, yeah Ghostbusters too. Just real fast on that, it's not a great sequel in the series. I liked it when I was a kid. Then, of course, watching it years later, it, right. it didn't really quite because it basically just repeated everything from the first, and it didn't really no. touch on anything new. It was kind of sort of the same scenario, but done with you know, I guess you can say. Uh, um, well, a I bigger guess you, budget, big, maybe. A slight, maybe a little more dollars thrown into it and maybe a lot more with its promotion, I guess. But uh, other than that, I mean – and there were some things I, I kind of liked about it. Like, yeah, the whole concept of Vigo the Carpathian was very interesting. And I liked was, Vigo. I liked Peter McNichol's yes, character. Yes, his character he, 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 he was, he, his, his was a, uh, as a standout of mine. I loved yeah, his yeah. character. I love the bit where he's this foreign-sounding guy and Bill Murray asks him like straight up, where are you from? And the guy just says the Upper West Side <laughs> or something. Like he thinks he'd tell me he's from Latvia or something. No, he's like, I'm from the Upper West Side. I want you to know that everything you're doing is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, back to the first film. Yes. But what I, I I still love the first film. I've watched it so many times. That it's almost one. Of, it's those movies that I am honestly, I don't have to necessarily watch it again because it's still stuck within my mind. Yeah. And well, I, I think because we've seen it so many times. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I I think even when I do watch it again, I still think it holds up. Um, I still think it has its fun factor. It's it's this it's this. It's this really ridiculous, like, larger-than-life storyline about four guys that are just regular individuals in a sense, you know, and they all have these very bizarre defined characteristics. characteristics. You know, Bill Murray is the – I guess you can say he's a brilliant scientist, but at the same time he, – He's also a womanizer. He's a womanizer and, and he's a smart aleck and he's um, – you know, it's, at one point one guy tells him that, you know – he says to him, your you know, hypothesis are sloppy and everything. Yeah, and yes. you treat, the and dean, you, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. The dean tells, teaches him, he says, you treat science as if it were a dodge or a hustle, yeah, yeah. which in Murray's case, he does admit yeah. that. But, he's but the not, kids love uh, us. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got um, Dan Aykroyd's character who's very much like a regular good old boy type and he's kind of amazed. Not a redneck. So. Not a redneck, <laughs> but he's very amazed at everything that happens. Yeah. Um, and, of course um, – uh, Hal Ramis's character is the brilliant scientist who's kind of dry. He's a straight man. He's yeah, he's the... he's a straight man of the whole thing, but he's also oddly humorous as the straight right, man too. Right. And then you have Ernie Hudson's character who comes in the later half of the movie. He's basically your everyman. Yes. You know, he enters... which was a shame. I'd like to see. I would love to see Ernie Hudson's more. But... Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting too. It's the same thing with Ghostbusters too, in a sense, because yeah. his character is kind of there and he disappears halfway through. Yeah. He, and then he, we'll... he's doing parties with uh, with Dan Ray. Ackroyd, yeah. <laughs> and then he disappears from the narrative. And is back to the. Three Three guys, yeah. and then once they get their business back, all of a sudden it's all four of them back yeah. together, and you're wondering what happened to his character. But, um, but uh, that's what was interesting about the movie was that there was these guys who involved this larger than life scenario. It's um, it's a, it's, and it's a very oddly genre movie. I was yeah. talking to you at, before yeah. we began. Is, is it horror? Is it comedy? Is it yeah, both? Because it has a horror element to it, but it's also done with some humor attached to it. And at the same, and I was telling you, I said. 
I've been to video stores back in the day as a young lad where, you know, it's mostly in the comedy section. But then some, there were some video stores I went to where I would oddly find Ghostbusters in the horror section. And if you – and <laughs> before they took it off Netflix, it, uh, Ghostbusters appeared both in the horror and comedy right, section. Right, so, right, right. I mean it, it, it's it, – it, 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 it blends nicely both genres. Yeah, and, and, and it, it does still hold up as a film. I know people nowadays complain about the film's special effects work. You know, being is a little too you know cheesy, but I, I actually like the film's effects. Right, I think I, I think it still holds up in terms of what they were trying to go as far as a silly, over the top movie. Right. You know, I love the scene where Stay Puft emerges and it's like Godzilla. You know, I mean, come <laughs> on, you, you you can't help but you know just just enjoy that moment because it's meant for a laugh. Plus, you know, it's like what they said. You know, um, where Ray's character says. How could anything so, you know, innocent, innocent and, 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 and I guess you could say lovable. I, I wish I could paraphrase the line. From, I can't. But I from mean, my camp, from my camping days. Going, camp Wakanda. Yeah, 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 yeah. Roasting Mr. State Puff marshmallows. And of course, Bill says, yes, nice thinking, right? Yes. <laughs> Way to bring the end of yes. the world, the giant marshmallow man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's, it, and it is a movie that has surprisingly over the years had this – has continued life, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like there's so many movies made and they come and go. And this is one of those movies that has, you know, not only managed to stand the test of time, but to constantly have home video releases. Yeah. And, uh, different, and multiple different DVD and Blu-ray releases. Yeah, yeah. And also get played in theatrical revivals. I know in at the Music Box Theater in, in Chicago a couple of years ago, we played the film on 65 millimeter, I never got to go. I never got to see it, but yeah. but I was thinking to myself, "Wow, that'd be a great experience and, to see it in 65." You and, know, but you know, even up uh, about I want to say two two years ago, three years ago, I met uh, Dan Aykroyd yeah. at the Hollywood Palms in Naperville, Illinois, and they were playing both of, one of two of his uh, fan favorite movies. They played Ghostbusters and they played Blues Brothers. Right, and he was signing autographs and taking pictures, and really a really a neat guy and very yeah. cool. So I but, mean, it's yeah, interesting it's just, how how this film has taken its like I guess you can say has had this full life or, you mm-hmm. know, it's taken on, you know, basically this fandom, all right? So now this brings us to the uh, uh, the uh, the remake or yes. reboot. Well, you know what? Why don't, before we get too yeah. deep into well, the let's, aspect Let's roll that it, trailer. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's thread it, thread it up. That's okay. She seems peaceful. My name is Erin Gilbert, Doctor of Particle Physics. Ah! That stuff went everywhere, by the way, in every crack. Very hard to wash off. We have dedicated our whole lives to studying the paranormal. Now there's sightings all over the city. There are people out there that need our help. Holtzman, you're a brilliant engineer. Erin, no one's better at quantum physics than you. We can provide a real service. I'm joining the club. You guys are really smart about this science stuff, but I know New York. And I can borrow a car from my uncle. Uh, You didn't disclose that the vehicle was going to be a hearse. It's a Cadillac! 
Let's go. Let's go. Oh, oh. Did you want to? Sorry. sorry. I'll let you. I'll let you. Next time. Okay. Someone is creating a device that amplifies paranormal activity. And we might be the only ones who can stop it. Holtzman, come on! The hat is too much, right? Is it the wig or the hat? There's a bigger picture at hand here. These ghosts can possess the human form. The devil is a liar! Get out of my friend! Ghost! Ow, that's gonna leave a mark! The power of pain compels you! Ow! Yeah. Okay. Uh, Well, okay. Look, you know what? uh, One thing, actually, I'm gonna try not to get too uh, angry or animated about this. The trailers that they released, at least the first couple of them, did not do the film justice. Well, they were disasters. They, they were right. they were horrible. Whoever was cutting the trailers for 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 the Ghostbusters for the Ghostbuster film should be fired. Well, or, or at least go back to school. Well, it's no surprise. I forget the guy's name, but the man in charge of the um, I think he in terms of their publicity and PR department oh. at the time did step down. I'm, I wish I had I, I wish I had the info on me, but I do remember reading that. But um, or at least I hope I'm right. But anyways, um, you know, we've, we've waxed fantastic about the first original film and kind of expressed our love-hate relationship, love-hate relationship with, the with the second. So now it comes down to the aspect of the remake and the controversy behind this. So I have to say when the announcement came that this was going to be not a, a true boost sequel that has been sort of dangled in front of the fans' eyes. For many, ever, many years. For many, many years. Or decades. The, the magical carrot that has been dangled in front of us, that was Ghostbusters 3. Uh, and then, of course, the studio announced, no, we're going to do a, a, a remake or, or a reboot or whatever. You know what? Let's just let's just cut the facade here. Uh, remake, reboot, it doesn't matter. Reboot's just a nicer name for remake. So I'm going to just basically call this what it is. It was a remake. But anyways, the controversy that's surrounded this whole thing, this basically becoming a debacle unto itself, um, I didn't quite pay too much attention to it because it just really got – out of hand. Yeah. I, I have to say I agree with the fans. I think it was ridiculous that the studio for years dangled the idea of a sequel over us for so long and then decided yeah. to at sort of in a sense the last minute to just pull back and go. I agree with the fans on that aspect. But the constant insane blowback that they yeah. kept throwing, the Look, whole – Insanity behind it. You know, tr- and truthfully, uh, it, it, before, when this movie was announced that it wasn't going to be, like you said, a direct sequel or yeah. whatever it is and not have any of the original cast in it really truly kind of involved. I mean, obviously Dan Aykroyd and I think um, a couple other guys were, were executive producers on it but not heavily involved in the film. But the, the unwarranted hate that Paul Feig and, uh, and basically let's just say the lady Ghostbusters got even before one single frame was shot, even before, even before a completed script was like given it was just kind of sad and just really well, disturbing it was i mean uh, we talked about yeah. you know this you know like whatever news we heard of of, of the ghostbusters yeah. remake coming up on, on past episodes right, right. and i I've, I've made it clear i said you know I, I i read the cast listing of it i don't really care if they're women playing these parts right. 
but I I do recall my, my saying one saying in one of the previous episodes that I just don't like any of the women in this film because I don't think they're funny. Whether or not it's played by women, I really didn't care. But I just think that the constant insanity over from some of the fans, the ribald fans that have, yeah. you know, I guess you can say have held this held the original film like the sacred cow, and I guess you can almost say that. The, I, I actually thought this to myself. I, thought, I really think some of the extreme fans almost want to live their life as Ghostbusters as opposed to not really realizing, hey, look, this is just a movie. The original film is still out there. Mm-hmm. Sony and Columbia Pictures have not uh, relinquished the original film. It's still on the home video market. Right. It still gets played in, in theatrical revivals. It's not going to go away. In fact, if you think about it um – I, I I took some pictures of our of, of this the the high C yeah uh, Ecto Cooler they just released it for the for the new Ghostbusters movie and actually um, Sony has released uh, re released again the you know the different versions of the Ghostbusters one and two and they've also released uh, a four volume pack of the real Ghostbusters cartoon yeah remember the old cartoon from the eighties right, and nineties right, right. um, and each volume has between twelve and eleven episodes of the original cartoon on there right. and then also on that DVD package they gave you uh, a coupon if you go through Fandango, five dollars off the coupon for the next, you know, for, yeah. for your viewing of the Go- Ghostbusters. So, the Ghost, all your Ghostbusters stuff is still there. It's still uh, alive and well. Well, it's 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 the uh, whole. I remember one person saying, like, you know, you, you read these fun comments, you know, where someone says, "Oh, my childhood feels like it's being raped." It's well, like, no, look, it's, it really no, isn't. it's not. And I have to say to to the extreme fans out there, and I'm not trying to put them down, as if you and I here have this holier-than-thou attitude, we, we don't. We are fans of the original film. It's just, you know, I think I worry more about, you know, what's going on in my life more so than whether or not the film's being remade. That, remade. Yeah. That's why I didn't pay too much attention right. to all the backlash. I would look at some of the stories or look at some of the reports, you yeah. know, and hear what the fans are saying. But then I would just go, yeah, you know, it, it's getting really headache-inducing. I really don't want to well, hear too you, much about you, it. You know, <laughs> so, social media has introduced us to a whole new level of trolldom. You well, know? it has, but it's also, you know, it's – and here's the other thing I'm going to say. I, I was thinking about this because I remember in, in past episodes, I remember way back during our Super Evil robot, you know, Super Evil Vampire, Vampire Robot. robot. <laughs> I guess it's such a long title. Sometimes I get it off. It's so called Severpod. Severpod, yeah. I remember when we did the Evil Dead – um, retrospective, and yeah. we did review the Evil Dead remake. Right, and I'll be honest, I didn't like the remake. I thought the remake was awful, but you know. And then, of course, there was news about you know the recent Ash versus Evil Dead, which is done for television. And yeah. I admit, at the time, I was kind of leery on it. And then I, I've been hearing good things about it, so I might be checking it out. And so you can pre-order it on Amazon for twenty four ninety five. Right, right. <laughs> so I might be checking it out. But I remember lamenting at the time, going, "What's why is this so hard to just try to do?" Just, just the sequel, and and now that I've sat back and thought about it more, it it comes down to two things with me. I think I said it on our previous episode involving when we talked briefly about the Ghostbusters remake coming up. Yeah. And I said, you know, I guess it's. I said sometimes you just really can't go back. Yeah, you know, it's something the, about lightning in a bottle. So the, yeah, it's like you, I mean, what made the first film so great was it was the lightning. It was the whole the old saying, catching lightning in a bottle. And when it came to doing part two, it, it wasn't really lightning in a bottle. So, I mean, there are some films out there that do it well the first time. And sometimes it's very hard to do it again and again and again. So that's the other thing. The other thing is that while I do feel for the fans and myself kind of like sitting here putting our our, fa- our, our the palm of our hand to our face going, why can't they do a sequel? 
the, the reality is is that major studios honestly don't give a shit what fans want. <laughs> I mean, I know that's and I know that sounds horrible to say, but it's true. If they did, they would have said, you know what, this remake is a bad idea. Let's just go forward with the sequel. Even though Harold Ramis had passed away, even though there was issues of Bill Murray saying he's not reading the script or. Bill Murray claimed he yeah, did there, read the script and he didn't like it. And something with a shredder where he put it in the shredder. Yeah, yeah. And... It's like, you know what? But the problem is studios don't. There was a time where studios did in a way listen to audience members, but they don't anymore. They don't listen to audience members as much as they used to. They listen to what they feel will go and they said to themselves, let's just do a remake. And I'm sorry to disappoint the Ghostbusters fans out there who are still bitching about this re- remake, but – it's the truth. They studios do not okay. care what fans say. So, and, and truthfully, the thing is, again, Ghostbusters and this Ghostbusters and the original beloved child, our childhood Ghostbusters still can exist in the same plane. Yeah, yeah. And it's not taking away from anything well, else. Well, I so. remember reading an article where, just recently where somebody said, you know, they don't they they don't want to have to resort to saying, you know, oh, I like Ghostbusters, and then having to add the extra tag to it, the 1984 film. Well, I'm sorry, fans, but you're going to have to add a couple of extra words to the sentence or at least just say Ghostbusters 1984, you know, make it shorter. The point is, is that it is a shame that this is where it went. But unfortunately, this is how it went. So it's like this. I mean, and, and the other thing is that if Ghostbusters fans were really, truly that adamant about it, they would truly vote for their vote for this whole thing by the basis of their wallets. But unfortunately, as fans it, ourselves, we voted with our wallet to go see the, the yeah. remake. So. Well, I, I look at it this way. It, it, this is um, one of those – it's a very polarizing film. Again, yeah. either you're going to love it or hate it. For me personally, I fall like smack dab in the middle. It's like I said before when it was first announced, I wanted to love this movie. And I don't exactly love it. Um, I liked it okay. I, but it's nowhere near like um, nowhere near my my favorite, yeah. even of this year. And I'm like, it's okay. I know you didn't really particularly like it that much, um, but well, I, I don't want to use hate because hate is such a strong word. And well, I reserve that for truly films I really cannot. Well, stand. here's the thing: you, you you just said how you felt about yeah. it. Now I went and I saw this uh, last week on Thursday night, yeah. ten o'clock. Went to the local movie theater here in Bolingbrook and. It wasn't much of a crowd, but then considering it was raining heavily outside, I guess we weren't going to get one. But anyways, you know, I, I, I will admit this. I went in this whole thing putting all the controversy aside, everything else aside, the whole stupidity of, oh, my childhood screwed up, that type of thing. I put it aside and I went and I paid the money to go see this thing. And I, in, in all honesty, I'm going to say it. I didn't hate the movie. I didn't hate the movie extremely, but – I don't think I laughed once during this movie. Maybe at one or two things which we'll talk about. I didn't like the film. I honestly thought it was in a certain way rather pointless. But it is what it is. It came out. I saw it. And as much as I didn't like it, I didn't hate it. I didn't I mean, right, I right. didn't have this vision of myself. I mean – Walking out of the movie theater, looking at the poster and vomiting, and yeah. it was more like I look at the poster, I just shake my head, and I go, "Well, I guess it's because I'm so 
underwhelmed over the whole controversy I, that's felt over. I, I, I just think that a, a lot of negative, a lot of negative things were said beforehand, and then when the movie actually first came out, when the movie was first released, and people were saying it. People are going in and saying, hey, this isn't half bad. This is actually pretty good. I think because the the expectations were so low Mm -hmm. that when you went to see it, it was like, hey, this is actually decent. This is actually okay. And so – I, I got really excited because before I was like – before Chris had this idea of like doing this special show, I was like, well, I'll wait till it comes to Redbox or Netflix yeah. or whatever it is or even a second run theater, you know, show, show see it at, um, you know, the local theater when it gets to the second run shows. But I'm like, well, I'll, I'll go see it. You know, I was I actually kind of got, got a little excited, a little giddy. I'm not going to lie because I'm like, <laughs> everybody's saying it's so really good now. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> like, OK, well, maybe the trailers were wrong. I mean, if it was just one or two people, but then when I was reading like multiple like accounts from different people right. that, that I that I hold like you know that I give what they say with with I take what they say more than a grain of salt a little, a little more credence yeah a little yeah. more credence like, like okay all right I'll give it a shot because one or two people all right but what, what I don't what I didn't like is that everybody on social media who said that they did like the movie was uh, were, was at a paid shill for Sony you know that, that it was ridiculous I'm like well here here's the thing when the first trailer came out right now what happened was it played on YouTube and of course the first trailer came out and then of course it was it was regarded as being like one of the worst trailers yes. to ever get X amount of dislikes on YouTube. Right. There was something going on where there were people that were writing their their negativity towards it. Now I now you get the comments written by the ones who say this stupid comment saying that the Ghostbusters should not be played by women. Mm-hmm. You know, misogynistic. You're, you're you know, and, then, and then you've got the, But then you got the comments written by people who say, "Well, this trailer tells us nothing." Right. It really doesn't give us any indication. Oh, by the way, it looks like it's going to be garbage because of the way how it's edited. And there was an incident where on YouTube, some of the realistic – I guess you can say the more reasonable comments were being deleted and they were keeping the misogynistic ones up there to make them make this whole aspect of, see, here's where the haters are at. Right. That's one aspect. There was other – there's some other stories out saying that the film had a test screening and someone on Reddit who worked for the publicity department or whatever – and, you know, you can only take those comments with a grain of salt because it could just be anyone saying yeah. they worked there. Yeah. But saying that – That's the beauty of the internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But saying that, that, that this test screening went poorly and, and Sony was on damage control and everything. And and um, so it's it's interesting how all that stuff played out. And you mentioned about the reviews, people saying that some of them, you know, could have been – or some people claiming yeah. they could have been paid shills. Yeah. And I, I got to be honest. I wouldn't doubt that on some aspects. I'm willing to bet that there are some genuine reviews for this movie right. too. And you got some out there right. that are kind of going around and saying, oh, this is fantastic and they're collecting a check underneath it. But I will have to say though, for the reviewers out there who said good things about this movie and we're getting a lot of backlash right. from fans, I read the review from Richard Roper recently where he expressed his dislike for this film, putting aside the controversy, putting aside that it's a remake of the original film and all that stuff. And he was getting some backlash from people who like the movie, who like the new version. So it's amazing how all these things go in this bizarre ping pong direction. <laughs> it's like how where the controversy stands, and it's like it's. Uh, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's just a movie. I mean, yeah, um, like it or hate it, love it or what, or just leave it. I, it's a fucking movie, yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, and, and again, for the Ghostbusters fans out there, I don't want to get too deep yeah. into this. I mean, it, it. I know Tim and I are kind of sounding like, you know, kind of putting on this, and I don't think we're trying to, but for some fans out there, they may think we are. Mm-hmm. We're trying to put this holier-than-thou attitude on top of this. Look, the reality behind it is that 
when the news came out that this was going to be a remake, me personally, I just shook my head and go, why? But after, after that, I was like, well, it is what it is, and I'll just, and, you know, and, and leave it at that. And then occasionally I'll go back on the internet and I'll read, you know, the claims and stuff. And then after a while, the misogyny and, and the complaints got very out of hand. I was like, you know what? I'm not paying too much attention to it. Because I'll tell you this. Before we decided to do our Canadian 80s slash episode, I had told Tim, yes. you know what? Why don't we do an episode devoted to the upcoming remake of Ghostbusters? But then as some weeks went on, I basically kind of relented and said, you know what? Why don't we just do the Canadian slide? <laughs> yeah. So why have we changed our mind? We changed our mind because we've seen what has been going on and the sort of, I guess you can say, good marks the film yeah. has been getting and as well as the bad marks. So yeah. I guess it's been sort of on our – I guess you can say it's been hovering on our mind or right. at least on mine. And I said to Tim, let's just do a bonus episode talking yeah. about this film. Yeah. So – but we are fans of the original film, but we do look at it as being what it is. It, it is a yeah. film that we like, but, you know, it's – it's the remake is what it is. It came yeah. out. What are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I said, this is the Ghostbusters – and I was telling Chris off, off air, I was like, this is the Ghostbusters for this generation. We have our generational Ghostbusters. Yeah. Thing. So as much as you may like, – maybe you love it. Maybe you like it. Maybe you hate it. Whatever, wherever you fall on the spectrum, it's not meant for you. <laughs> Technically, it's meant for the younger generation. Well, maybe it is well, meant for you a little bit, but it's more along the lines for the younger generation. It's, it's true, but you know what? A movie too should be shared in the sense. Oh, it's, yeah, it it's, should be. I didn't. Mean, I mean, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to be like no, no, that. No, no, but, but I know what you're getting yeah. at. I know what you're getting at. Where you're saying like it's for this generation that this generation will understand. I think the reason for me personally why Ghostbusters, the original film, has. I guess you can say have survived all these years and has continued its popularity is because it's one of those movies that I truly believe wasn't made for relatability, I guess you can yeah. say, or being or not, not relatability. No, no, no. Um, being relevant. Yeah. You know, yes, Ghostbusters made in the 80s, kind of got some of the 80s styles going on there, but you can still watch it in this era and it's aged well. Right. And not only that, but it's it was a movie that was I feel that was made not to be um relevant to any era because, you know, the characters don't make a lot of references of its time, I guess. I mean it's hard for me to explain, but basically I don't feel like I'm watching an eighties movie with Ghostbusters. I feel I, like I, 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 can, I, I can feel like that. it's one of those movies that it's aged so well. It's kinda of timeless. Yeah, it's kinda of timeless, yes. It, it, yeah, in another sense it is a time capsule, but in another sense it's also timeless. Mm-hmm. And what also makes the original Ghostbusters work for me is that as much as there's been this sort of bizarre – not bizarre, but rather ridiculous complaint about it being, I guess you can say, a men's film mm. as a guy. I've watched this – I've watched the original film so many times. I've never thought of it as a guy film. <laughs> I thought of it as a film where I could relate to the characters because they are relatable mm. in a sense. And there are female fans of the movie too that can relate to the characters, right. believe it or not. So – but – it's one of those movies where I feel like it didn't waste its time trying to be relevant. Instead, it just wanted to be a movie that told its story. And then when we now we talk about the remake, the reason why I feel the remake didn't work for me is because I felt that the filmmakers, or in this case, director Paul Feig, wanted to make the movie relevant for this generation. And I felt I, that's where it I kind think, of ruined it I, for me. I kind of get that. I, I, I wouldn't 
I kind of get what you're saying, but for me, it didn't feel very heavy-handed. It just felt that like these, yeah, these, yeah. these four women. Like, um, I, do you want to discuss, discuss the synopsis now, kind of? Oh well, yeah, for well, the yeah, film? yeah, yeah. Well, but, but just real fast, like when yeah. I say it, like, like yeah. there's a scene in, in I mean, we'll get into it. Yeah, but there's, a, there's a scene in, in in the remake where when they're chasing the one ghost that's like on the dragon-looking one, yeah. which we'll get into. Yeah. And one of the younger characters like has their selfie stick and takes yeah. the picture. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing about when I say okay, about I got, I, the relate. Uh, okay, like, so you're like saying we have to relate to this generation. It's like it doesn't have to be a generational issue. It 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 just should just tell its story. Yeah, you know. But, I mean, <laughs> but truthfully, if you've ever been to New York, those selfie sticks are everywhere. Oh no, nowadays. no, no. Yeah. I, I yeah, get yeah. that. I get that. Yeah. I'm not. I'm, yeah. just, I'm, I'm just saying that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not. And I'm yeah. not basing it on that one yeah. thing. I mean, I'm basing it on the on other stuff too. Right. I'm just using it as an example. Oh, I understand. I understand what you're you saying. You know, it's 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 you know like I, like, but when you it's like if the movie had. It, or the other thing is that the, most of the movie, it feels like it's a film that, in a sense, could be made for hipsters. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah, and I'm but... sitting there going, I, stop worrying about the the audience relatability. Just tell your story and make it relatable to the genre that you're trying to do. You know, not not just worry about who you're built. I mean, yes, it's true. You got to worry about who you're. You got to think about your built-in audience, but at the same time, not pander to it I, that's why i think I, I understand what you're saying I, so I that's do. why i'm but we'll get into that right. a little more so, so. why don't we when we uh, start discussing this br- briefly like the synopsis like when we saw the movie um how it started out um basically we get um you know there's they open up with the with the the, the, the museum tour. yeah yeah and that was um i gotta be honest i did like that opening i yeah. but it did but i have to say though it did feel like it should have been in another movie almost <laughs> because i mean it, it had a pretty good setup yes. and, and it did have the humor in that scene worked a little bit because it basically you know they're in this uh, this uh, historic uh, mansion slash yes. museum, museum yeah. and uh, the the guy that's giving the, the tour o- the, the Aldridge Aldridge Mansion the Aldridge Mansion yeah and the guy's the young guy's giving the tour and he tells a story about how this door has been locked and yeah. uh, the place is haunted and all of a sudden a candle a candle a holder falls over and uh, you know he just does this thing where he's like let's just walk away from the door yes. but then later at night he picks up the candlestick holder. And it's got like a trigger switch to yes. make it fall over. And then he has he has that on his on his keychain, the right, little right, button. Right. And then of course, as it turns out, well, all fun and games, but the place is actually haunted. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, and it's not Gertrude. No, it's not Gertrude either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so hello, this is Tim from the editing desk. Just a small correction: it was Gertrude's ghost that was in the Aldridge Mansion. Now back to the show. <laughs> so then the ghost appears, and then there's this big, uh, this big moment where he tries. He, this guy stupidly runs down yeah. the, ba- the, the, oh, uh, the, the attic. Uh, the, you know. uh, the, the guy's name, the character's name was Garrett, played by Zach Woods. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His character just runs downstairs the attic and then looks up and he goes, "Oh shit, yeah, that was a mistake." <laughs> that was a mistake, you know. And then of course the movie begins. And I got to be honest, that was actually not a bad scene. But yeah. I have to, but I have to say, it felt like it should have been in another movie. So. I. I I will say this, and after that, you get the, um, you know, you cut to the Columbia University where you were introduced to Dr. Aaron Gilbert, played mm-hmm. by Kristen Wiig, and she's approached by Ed Mulgrave, played by Ed Begley Jr. Yeah, and he's telling her, and he, she's, and she's just, and he's talking about, hey, you wrote this book, and she's like saying, no, 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 I didn't write that book, you know, it must have been somebody else, and he's pointing, he goes, but that's you on the picture on yeah, the cover, yeah, yeah, and goes, and she, yeah, yeah, she finally admits it, and that's what's interesting too. I, I, I mean. Um, Kristen Wiig is is she's kind of okay in this movie. I mean, as much as I said that I didn't quite I find like the casting of it. I, I find it, her funny. I think 
if they made her character more of the the straight one or the yeah, straight yeah. woman, it would have worked much better. Much con- like much like the Egon. Yeah, yeah. She well, I think that that's what they were trying to do, but then they decided to kind of fall back yeah. and try to make her more like the. I guess not not make her more like, but kind of in that. I guess you can say in that same slightly similar fashion to Bill Murray's character. But then the problem is, is that um, Kristen Wiig's character is played up as way too much of a klutz in this particular film to really, t- even for comedy yeah. standards. Well, really the thing, is, the thing is, you got her as as wearing the stuffy clothes, like kind of like right, Egon right, did. Right. You got you got her be, being a professor at a university trying to get tenure, and that's why she doesn't want this book to come right. out until after. Um, but. I think that it would have worked much better if she would have like dialed up the the like the the the, the nerdish uh, well, straight guy straight yeah, guy yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, dialed down the nerdish and dial up a little bit the straight guy performance. Well, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, and uh, I have to say, and it's going to be. I, I was before we begin. Yeah. I, I was um, thinking to myself, you know, we have to judge, try to judge the this remake on its own merits. So we're going to try to do that, but. Because this is essentially a remake of the original film, yes, we are going to probably be making comparisons and contrasts yes. to the original film. So it can't be helped, you know. Yes. So yeah. for anybody out there, it's, 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 it's extremely hard not to. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I have, to, and the reason why I say it is because, in as much as this is, a, you know, supposed to be a reboot, even though it's a remake, even though I've said that doesn't matter which word you use. You're right. Um, this film practically follows the same setup as the original oh. film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty we, much so. Yeah. Right down to the whole, you know, opening scene of, you know, even though it doesn't take place in the library like the right. original film. Although, the although scene you, of the, did you notice that they did show an, uh, a brief glimpse of the New York City yes, Public Library? Yes, yes, uh, they did. Yeah. yeah. So, but back to what we were talking yeah. about, about um, Kristen Wiig's character, yeah. Aaron Gilbert, being involved in this book published. Right. With her colleague, Abby well, Yates. Well, with her, I guess you can say, friendly enemy colleague, Abby Yates, played by Melissa McCarthy. McCarthy yeah. Because at one point, it's like she realize, doesn't she realizes that this book has been published, but then later on, you get this feeling that her character doesn't realize that the book has been published because yeah. then she has to go to Amazon <laughs> to look it up. Yeah, because she said, I think at one point she said, there was only like three books published at yeah, one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she goes, yeah, but now it's, and then Abby Yates goes, yeah, but it's on Amazon and it's on e-books <laughs> and books on tape and everything. She's like, no! I know, and it was... <laughs> And it was an okay scene. It yeah. was okay for comedy's sake, yeah. I guess. But so now we get her. She's upset about this whole thing because she's trying to get her tenure. Yeah. And also because even though she deep within her believes in the existence of ghosts, she has done her best to to downplay that. Right, because she wants to be more taken more seriously as right, a serious scientist. Right. So of course she goes and pays a visit to Abby Yates, played by Melissa McCarthy. And you know what? I, I have to be honest. I think honestly, Melissa McCarthy is one of the biggest weak links of this whole movie because yeah. I. I liked her in Bridesmaids. Yes, I liked her in Bridesmaids. I liked her in her TV show. Yeah, I. I but then I, I had. I did like her in Identity Theft. She, for what it was, but well, that's because she was acting alongside Jason Bateman. I do like Jason Bateman. He's well, been, well, I don't think good. she was half annoying as she was as, as in the move her movie The Boss or or the other films. Yeah, or The Heat, or, which I I, I now, hated with a passion. See now now story. now we have to go back and forth because we I I loved her in Heat, but I, didn't like her in Identity I, Theft. I, I know. <laughs> I, 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 I you know well I, I didn't like her all Heat because she was basically falling into the Will Ferrell syndrome of doing right. the same movie right. over and over again, constantly relying on the same routine of yelling her lines and acting. Like yeah. that's what comedy is going to be, yeah. and, she, Although, and she does cite the same thing in this movie. She, I mean, the first thing, thing we have her in, you know, she's complaining about the wonton soup. That, that actually, I kind of found it funny because uh, if you ever, 
Because <laughs> I order lots of Chinese food. Well, so. I do order Chinese food myself, but I've never gotten yeah. wontons. But, well, <laughs> it, it, but, it, but again, I, 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 I chuckled for that moment, yeah. and, and I really um, I enjoyed that, and especially when we, when we move on where they've actually have to move above the Chinese food restaurant. Yeah, yeah. And they well, act, they're actually – <laughs> Their offices are on top of right, it. Right, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, okay. I mean, it's it's, okay. it's 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 just honestly, I found her presence to be in this just 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 annoying. It didn't really help because. And the other thing that, about the movie that 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 is annoying, at least to me, it was, is that it's constantly using that that back and forth, interrupting each other, uh, awkward humor. That you know, it works in some stuff. It worked in some TV shows, and it worked well in The Office. Mm-hmm. And it worked well in other things, but it doesn't quite work well here because it just got to the point where it was like, you know, you have one character trying to do something and the other character is trying to outdo them. And granted, it was most most likely intended in the script written by Paul Feig and, and uh, Kate Dippold. Yeah. But it just felt like, you know, if you're going to have four comedians, particularly yeah. comedians that everybody thinks is funny, even though I'm not a big fan of them. I wouldn't mind uh, I mean, it happening once or twice. But yeah, yeah. But it kept ha- happening constantly. And it's like, no, look, you know, I, I get it. That's the new era of comedy. But, you know, if you want to be funny, you know, my my thing is if you want to try to do scripted comedy like these people are trying to do, please try to do scripted comedy. Don't just constantly try to do the whole – Awkward humor stuff. Well, I'm wondering you know? how much of that was actually written and how much of that was kind of like improvised. Yeah, and I'm just willing to bet some of it was improvised too. So, so and then of course we're also introduced to uh, Jillian Holtzman's character, uh, played by Katie McKinnon, right. who is who is okay. She's yeah. They, they describe her as a brilliant engineer who's a bit nutty. Yeah. So she's basically the Egon character, yeah, which, except ratcheted up the nuttiness to right. About 10%. Which uh, <laughs> if you if you watch the real Ghostbusters cartoon, like I remember, she kind of portrays that Egon with the with the with the weird glasses, the red, yeah, yeah, red yeah. glasses, and the when the blonde hair, right. and I actually liked her character, and I and uh, as Jillian Holtzman. Although I would say that to tone down that 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 uh, goofiness or not that goof, but the eccentricness, the eccentricness, eccentricity of her character, just a couple of notches, and I think she would have been just fine. Yeah. Um, so they get together, and of course, you know. Uh, Chris, Aaron Gilbert's character. It goes over yeah. to to see uh, Abby to tell her to please take the book off eBay and or not eBay but Amazon and yeah. take it down until she gets her tenure and then you know they can she, put it back up and put, put it back call. up. But please stop because she she doesn't want to ruin her career. Right, and of course uh, Abby says no, and Abby and Jillian are working on this you know these varying experiments. And of course, they they get information about how you know about the haunting that happened. Right, the and then and then Aaron mentions that hey, she was um, uh, paid a visit by uh, the the gentleman by Play Bag, Egg Ed Bagley Jr.'s character yeah. about this haunted mansion. And she goes, "Oh my God, we've got to go!" And she's like, and then she's, they kind of make a deal, like, "Okay, I'll take you on and introduce you." But then it went after I introduce you, you guys take the book off Amazon right, right now. Right, and, and they're like, "Okay." Well, we'll, Abby's like, "Yeah, we'll see." Well, we'll, we'll yeah. We'll, <laughs> so. They we'll go, talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they go there, and um, you know they, you know they they banter a little bit with the the the, the young curator, yeah. who we eventually Garrett. find out, yeah, who we find out from Ed Bagley's character had uh, crapped his pants. <laughs> even Ed, Ed, Ed Mulgrave, I'm sorry, yeah, Ed, yeah, Ed Mulgrave Junior. <laughs> yeah, and of course we're you know sitting there going, yes, 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 this is very important to the humor. Let's let's speed it along. Yeah. So they they get in, they finally get inside the the, the building. And uh, they do encounter the ghosts, and uh, we get the film's biggest humorous gross-out moment where the ghost 
Spews ectoplasm, ectoplasm all, all over, over Aaron. Yes, all over Kristen Wiig's character. And, of course, Kristen Wiig is overjoyed. Her character is overjoyed because they've encountered a real ghost. Yeah. And it proves their theory. And they put it up on YouTube. And, unfortunately, uh, Aaron uh, loses her tenure. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then, then, then a- Abby's like, okay, no problem. We'll, we'll come to my university or, my, or whatever it is, the, the, the yeah, school, the, the school, college. Yeah, which eventually yeah. kicks them out because right. they discover that. <laughs> yeah. And this, to me, this was hilarious. I love this part. They go see the dean and the dean is in like, in like golf shorts and like a, a like a, right, not looking right. very deanish, just a, basically a jerk. And, but, and he basically tells them, wait, we we had this program. I thought this program was canceled like years ago. Yeah, yeah. So they're like, well, we're canceling it now. <laughs> so basically, he fires Abby and Holtzman, mm-hmm. and they kicked them out. And they steal the equipment as they're running out. The the guys chasing after them. And, I, and I, I love how they're trying to do the comical aspect on that too, where the guy is standing all the way back towards the door and discovers that they're stealing stuff, and these three women are pushing this heavy equipment, <laughs> and they're and and all of a sudden Abby's character is like. Go faster, go faster, and it's like yeah. it's like one of those kind moments. I, I, yeah, that like, it's I honestly like, uh, did. I, we've seen it a thousand times, but I honestly didn't mind it. Um, yeah, I mean it was but, okay, but it was, <laughs> I guess it was what it was. But but, but the 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 getting back to the the, um, the professor or the. The dean, the associated dean that took over the job because some other guy killed himself or, you know, got imprisoned. Yeah, And he's yeah, telling yeah. him to go fuck off. And he keeps doing the different. I know, yeah. He keeps, <laughs> at first, he says, and you know what you can do? And uh, I think uh, Abby's character or one of them said, what do you think he's going to say? He's going to say fuck off or he's going to say suck it? No, probably suck it. No, no, no. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a dean. He's not going to say suck, suck it. it. <laughs> no, 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 that's right. He's like, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. He says he's a dean. He's not going to say suck it. So suck it. <laughs> and, it's like, yeah. and she goes, yep, he said it. But so so now they decide they're going to go in business for themselves. Yes. So, of course, they got to find a place that they yes, can set up headquarters. This, this was very funny to me. I, I will admit this part did get a chuckle out of me. So, I, but, so it was they go – Find the realtor, you know. Yeah, they go get a realtor and they find a firehouse, which yeah. is, of course, supposed to be a hook nod and ladder. to the yeah. – That's yeah, the hook and ladder from the old Ghostbusters. And she mentions that – and Kristen Wiig character asks, well, how much is it a month? Oh, well, I think it was like $2,200 or $2,800 a month for just you, for just a rental. And she's like, yeah, no, that's not going to work. <laughs> so – We need something cheaper. And, of course, they end up going to the Chinese restaurant where <laughs> they get the second floor of the Chinese restaurant that they rent out. And a garage. With a garage, which is basically the place where Abby orders the Chinese food. And once again, we get another scene of her complaining about the wonton soup because there's not one single shrimp inside the wonton soup. Yes. She goes, is that a carrot split? In yeah. So, so I hope ne- that's a carrot. So, uh, And by the way, we should all kind of backtrack for a moment because we're also introduced to two, um, to two, two different characters. Yes. Uh, a uh, subway worker named Patty Tolan, played by Leslie Jones. Yes. Who – Tries to be this, you know, cheer, you know, very happy. Yeah. You know, why, why, why she know? Why she knows she hates her job. Mm-hmm. She's trying to make the most of it and kind of talk and be as friendly as possible. Right. Kind of fake it till you make it, kind of thing. Right. And then another character who shows up at the, at the subway, a uh, character by the name of Rowan North, played by Neil Casey, yes. who, as it turns out, is our main bad guy of the whole show. And I have to say, he is without question one of the lamest bad guys yeah, I've ever say- seen in a movie like this. Yes, I, mean, I, I, I want to say if Lord. anything. If anything, it was the weakest link his character was. And the thing is, I actually like uh, Neil Casey. I think he plays a very good weirdo, but definitely not like a main well, bad guy type. He, his weirdo character in this is basically like Weirdo 101. He's very twitchy. Yeah. He talks in this very 
high-toned, eloquent manner as if he's trying to be better than everybody else. Well, of course. And yes. of course, he's also playing supposed to be playing a nebbish nerd that quite frankly, even though, yes, he's the bad guy, there's nothing about him that makes you sit there and go, wow, this character is compelling. There is nothing compelling about this character or Neil Casey's performance. Neil Casey's done better stuff. Yeah, but that's this, a, yeah. is, this feels like such a throwaway role for him. I have, a, I have a strange suspicion he did this movie either as a favor or he was just in need of something to do because every aspect of his performance in here is not funny and yeah, not I, I, compelling. I, yeah, truthfully, <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't laugh once when his character was on yeah. uh, on screen. Gozer was more compelling in the <laughs> in the original film, and Gozer was a woman. You know, and I'm not saying that to be again yeah, misogynist. Yeah. So yeah. please don't nix me in there, folks. <laughs> but you know, Gozer was more compelling than this character, and Gozer didn't Gozer have the Gozerian. Yeah, and Gozer didn't have a lot of lines. You know, I mean, and Gozer appeared in the form as a woman, and then the event and then appears in the form of say of Marshmallow Man. You know, I mean, I mean, that's more compelling. Than this character. I mean, that's oh. so. And I and I also have to say, Leslie Jones. You know, she's okay. It, it, but she, she got she got a, a lot of unwarranted heat in, even after the movie. She did. She did. I, I, I truly. The, people calling her gorilla. People yeah, calling her monkey. Yeah. That's just horrible. But I mean, it, guys, be better. Be better. Be better about this, folks. I mean, but I will say this: I did not find her presence in this movie to be fantastic. I I, 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 I actually was surprised by her performance. I was telling you off air. I, I found uh, her her performance pr- really. Good. I, I liked her performance, I and mean, I also liked Kevin's. I mean, not, uh, Chris Hemsworth as Kevin. Is well, we'll get to him. Yeah. So, so, but so anyway. So, and then of course, um, Patty um, notices something's going on on the track, and she checks it out, and it turns out there's a ghost there. Right. But it all has something to do with uh, uh, Rowan North's character, which putting a device. To, in the, yeah, in the putting subway. a device in the subway that somehow manages to have unleashed this ghost. Right. Which. I have to say is probably also one of the weakest elements of this movie because we never quite understand how it is Rowan's able to do this. Yeah. But uh, but then again, maybe that's a good thing because if they tried to provide any explanation, it probably would have just been as ridiculous as the rest it, it, of the concept. Of the well, movie. truthfully, I mean, I, I never really got too much into the whole thing of the science behind it because well, the science, yes, uh, no, yeah, of course, and, and the whole. I mean, I do know that you know, I I do understand there's you know sometimes you know parallel universes and parallel yeah. this and that, but at least in, like. Uh, like in but, the case but of, how he makes it, it's it's very. But at least in the original film, and as well as the sequel, there is some sort of explanation as to what goes on. Whether or not those explanations gel, hundred percent. I, I will I say mean, this, when they, when they bring in uh, uh, Kate McKinnon's character when she's making all the devices, we do get a sense that she you know she knows what the hell she's talking yeah, about yeah, and what yeah. she's doing. We well, don't. Uh, we yeah. ne- you, ne- you never get a sense with with Neil's character at all. Or, uh, right, right. And so so then of course now we have the scene coming up where. Uh, Aaron, Abby, and Jillian have to essentially get some extra help, and sure. they have to get themselves a secretary. Right. And who <laughs> would – what better secretary than three comedians playing nerds or nerd characters? What better secretary to, to fit the bill for them than – some eye candy. Some eye candy. In this case, a handsome fellow by the name of Kevin, played by Chris Hemsworth. Who is this? To quote a line from the movie "Oh Brother, Where Art Thou?" Dumber than a bag of hammers. I mean, I, you know, now, now, now. Granted, uh, Chris Hemsworth is. I think he's an okay performer in his own right now, and and, and I'm willing. And I know Tim here. Yeah, has, I, liked I, his pr- I, presence. I, I, I liked his performance, but then, then I liked his other movies. I did like part. his presence up up until a point in the movie because I felt that. In as much as he did sort of provide some decent comic yeah. re- relief, I guess you could say, 
making his character the most dumbest <laughs> character in the film, that's fine. But ratcheting it up like a hundred percent past the meter yeah. is. Like past the PKE meter, if you want to even go for – Look at what, you and your Ghostbuster references. Yeah, yeah. Past the PKE meter was like just ridiculous. I mean he was funny when he – I mean like he – let's just – let's set this up. We'll set this up. He comes in and he's like saying, oh, he wears glasses but he doesn't have lenses <laughs> yeah. on them because they get dirty. Yeah. Oh, OK. Then he's like looking at this aquarium thing that he's has a, a phone, phone in it. And he tries to reach for it but he bashes his hand against the wall and he goes, oh. And then later on, the phone rings and he says, I can't answer it because the phone's in the, the aquarium. Yeah, it's the one like, on the desk. It's like the one on the desk. I mean – He makes some sort of referencing to, to fish with submarines with the – Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which it's, was very awkward. It's, it's Funny like, but very awkward. Yeah, it's like they made his character so dumb that even for comedy standards, you couldn't really take it serious on a comedy level. Yeah. I mean – and it kind of works on some I, level I, but – I will say, did you stay for the entire ending of the film? The, the I ending stayed credit? for the end bits. Not, the, yeah, yeah. But did you stay at the end when all the credits rolled and they showed like a, a little something else? You missed it? Uh, I think well, I missed it. All right, yeah. we'll, we'll talk more about that later. Okay. But um, you, you saw the bit where he was talking about with, with – he goes, hey, I'm playing a doctor. And he was like, now which one says doctor more? And he's got a picture of the saxophone. Yeah, me yeah, playing a saxophone or me, me listening to a saxophone? I, mean, <laughs> like, I, I, I did chuckle a little bit. But, like, what but, the hell? But it really got to the point where it was like yeah. – like, he can't be this dumb. I mean, yeah. even again, even for comedy standards, and we've all seen the dumb foil of a comedy. Right. But I don't think I've seen one quite as dumb as this. Again, it was like yeah. they really ra- – and I think it had its moments, but it really got to that point where it was just like, uh, look, it's funny that he's very, he's very, very dim. Right. But this is extremely ridiculous even for a comedy. I mean it's like yeah. – I, I mean it, it, like I said, it had its moments but it just felt like – and it felt like in some parts it got a little – for me, for me, it got old very fast. Right. So well, I think that – and they, and they use them use them somewhat sparingly. Um, but now we're, we left off where – OK. So we've got the, the – you know, the, and obviously – uh, Kevin gets a job. Yeah, he gets a job because basically Aaron's character yeah, is so Aaron, smitten Aaron, Aaron, with him. Aaron's lusting all over him. Yeah, despite the fact that Abby and Jillian are kind of just sitting there. Well, even Abby is a little more like, what, right. really? You're going to hire this guy? Whereas Jillian's kind of just like, right. kind of like, hey, whatever, you know, then, whichever works. <laughs> and then we enter uh, a Leslie Jones's character. Yeah. And we're, or was it um, Kevin sitting at the desk? And they're like, and they're like, and they and they see uh, uh, Patty sitting there. Yeah. And they're like, oh no, the Chinese food restaurant's downstairs. You're waiting for the waiting for the food. <laughs> and she goes, no, 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 no. I'm I'm here to talk to you guys. And then Kevin goes, oh yeah, yeah, you got somebody here <laughs> that wants to talk to you. And then she's like, yeah, I seen a ghost. And then she wants to join up with them, yeah. basically, because you know. And so she takes them to the to the subway, right? And basically, that's, and they haul their equipment down there, right? And that's basically the introduction of their equipment because they're trying to to. To master the the equipment that they right. invented, so they now, can get it down. Now, so far, they don't have any of the proton packs yet made. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's still very. Uh, and this is what I'm going to say about this. I like the the progression of right. when you see them with the equipment, um, and how the how the different stages go because right. they, they don't automatically start with the proton packs, even though in the original Ghostbusters, yeah, this is totally untested. But they actually have got. Yeah, like this, like the very makings. Like you can see, step one, step two, step three. Right, right. And I, di- I did like that. And they have to haul these big, heavy ass cart down onto <laughs> right, a subway right. train. And Les and Patty's character saying, "Okay, we got, we got to hurry because there's a train coming." Through. And of course, once the train comes by, you know they don't put, catch the ghost. The train runs into the ghost, yeah. and splats it all over the place. And, and you know what? I gotta also mention something too. Probably one disappointing aspect of this movie. <laughs> well, actually, one of them mm-hmm. is that. 
Is it just me or did, did the spe- did some of the CGI in this movie just feel like it was just a little cheaper looking than usual? It, it, to, mean, me, to me, it, it, was, it, was, it was a little hit or miss with me. The first couple of ghosts were were like, uh, okay. I mean, I, it, I, but it, it felt like – I mean as much as the original gets criticized for the special effects of the time, right. I got to say I think the special effects in the original are far more high tech than what we get here <laughs> at least in terms of I how long for, they last. <laughs> I want to say for the maybe for the, for the for the subway ghost, yeah, I didn't, yeah. I didn't really find his find that too um great. Yeah. Uh, um but I I did like the the ghost in the in the, in the library in the, um, sorry not the library but the uh the um museum. Um, and I'd also like the parade when we get to the parade. Yeah, part. the parade was okay. The parade was kind of bizarre. That one, we'll, we'll get to that yeah, one too. Yeah. So, so they decided at this point they got to start finding a way to harness, you know, to harness the, the and equipment capture that they a go- have. and yeah. capture ghosts. Right, and of course try to figure out how to make the equipment work for them. So eventually they get it down, and then of course they get a Rowan ghost. The Rowan character goes to a um, um, a rock concert, right, and unleashes one of the ghosts he has there. And of course, they get the call, mm-hmm. and uh, our our four our four female team of Ghostbusters goes there. And of course, they're trying to uh, catch the ghost and everything. And you know what? And it was actually an okay scene. You know, it wasn't fantastic, yeah. but it was decent. But uh, they catch the ghost, and, and oh, actually, there was one part in there that I thought was a little too a little too much was when. They do the. They're trying to catch the ghost, and right. they're out into the concert. Right. And uh, I think it was Melissa McCarthy asked the people to like haul her over. Right. You know, right. Like, like hey, pick hey, her up yeah. and throw her. And then of course, once Leslie Jones does, yeah. they just drop her. Right. And she has this, you know, this line where she's, like, I don't know if that was a race thing or, or a woman thing, but whatever. It is, I'm was, pissed. I'm pissed. <laughs> I'm sitting there going, and, and once again, that's another thing I talk about about the whole thing about trying to make things. Uh, you know, relevant. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know now there's this big race thing going on and everything, but do we have to have that thrown into a movie? I mean, it's yeah. not, it wasn't, it was okay, but I didn't laugh. I said to myself, yeah, yeah it, it was what it was, you know, but it's like, why do we need to keep yeah, pushing I, I, this? I didn't, I didn't really like that line either myself, um, but again, with a comedy, and you, and you, yeah. you're not going to get all, all the jokes are not going to hit, you know. And, well, that was one joke yeah, that yeah. certainly fell yeah. to a thud, yeah. and particularly with Leslie Jones falling there. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm, no, I'm not yeah. trying to be mean about yeah. that. It's, yeah. just, it's I, just... I hear what you're saying. It, 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 it just didn't, the, the joke didn't land. Yeah, it, it didn't land. It, it, just, fe- it felt like a, a, a you It know. felt very forced. Yeah, it did. So, um, and then, but besides that, yeah, the scene was okay. And then, of course, we get a very pointless cameo by Ozzy Osbourne. Yes. Where he just says one line and it's just like, what? Uh, so then, uh, they, you know, now the Ghostbusters get like on yeah. the news. So, 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 so yeah, so they, so they actually uh, – so what happens is the ghost actually picks up Leslie's character and starts walking her uh, through the crowd. Yeah. And That's they, 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 say, they say – and then Melissa McCarthy's Abby says, all right, we're going to shoot the ghost. Do not hit Abby in the face. Yeah. I love how the ghost – you'd think the I mean, ghost... do, not, do not hit – I'm not Abby. Hit Patty in the face. Don't hit, don't hit Patty in the face or whatever. Yeah. And, and I love how, you know, the ghost is just like just, – just still standing on there and you think just, man, that ghost should be overhearing some of these yeah. things. You know yeah. what I mean? But so they catch the ghost. And then they capture it in their, in their, in their prehistoric, uh, you know. Well, <laughs> it's a weird canister yeah. device that they catch it in. And so and then – So they're all over the news. Right. And then, of course, the ghost expert that wants to debunk them yeah. is played by none other than Bill Murray. Not so, Peter Venkman. Not Peter Venkman, but he plays a ghost expert in this film. And I got to tell you, some of the cameos of the original team member – of the original cast members are kind of – they're, they're very hit or miss. All right. Uh, Murray's cameo scene feels like 
in as much as they probably shot it in a day. Yeah. It feels like I, he's, I call it an extended cameo. Yeah. His his presence feels like he's just not with it. Yeah. Like in as much as I'm willing to bet he was probably happy to be there. Yeah. I felt like he was just I'm willing to bet maybe he was just wandering. You know, like I, I'm trying to describe that in a way. Not trying to catch on right. Bill Murray's age. Right. It's just I felt like perhaps he must have felt like, yeah, I have a contractual obligation to be in this because if I don't do it, well, you know, that may be part of it. And I think he also wanted to do it for Melissa McCarthy because I know they became close during the yeah. filming of St. Vincent, which, right. by the way, I know I mentioned before earlier, St. Vincent is actually a really good movie and starring, I do have to both, check that out, starring yeah. both Bill Murray and as, uh, Melissa McCarthy. As much as Melissa McCarthy's in it, I will check it out for Bill Murray, too. You know, I mean, <laughs> She's not screaming. Oh, good, <laughs> she good. plays a down-to-earth but, mom. <laughs> but in as much as that might be that they've gotten really close, yeah. I just felt like his presence – not, I mean, even for cameo standards, didn't really add anything. It just felt his that part could have been played by anybody. Oh yeah, and he, and he and I felt like he was just bored. I, I, you know what I would love to see? The guy who played Walter Peck in the origin, in the first two Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah, William movie. Atherton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think I think he would have been yeah. hilarious in that. Yeah, yeah, and, and and of course, you know, Bill Murray's character is supposed to be like the Walter Peck character, right. but but not but. Walter Peck had a certain degree of, of being a dick. <laughs> yeah, being a dick and to a certain extent a little bit of menace to them yeah. because, you know, he's the one that basically in the original Shut down film, the containment and unit. And, of course, released all the ghosts, you know, and, right. of course, you know. So Bill Murray's character wants to see the ghosts. So, of course, Abby lets the ghost out and, of course – Because she, wa- she wants to because – because basically these the, – the, the, three, the three scientists are tired of – you know, being not taken seriously, right. they think they tell everybody they're a fraud. So he's like, "Okay, you really want to see a ghost? We're going to show you a ghost." And you know, she lets him out of the the, the, the containment. And of trap. course, the ghost flies out and knocks Bill Murray's character out the window, and of course, he's dead. Which yeah. of course sounds very odd in a comedy of this sort. Yes. So. And, and truthfully, he's like the only death. I want to say, really. Well, yeah, the only well, well that are already dead. <laughs> or, well, one, yeah, I'd say between one other character coming up, that's. Important to the story, yeah. but where okay. you know, but so of course after Bill Murray's you know death in the picture, um, it turns out that uh, the, the mayor, Mayor Bradley, played by Andy Garcia, mm-hmm. who also looks like he was acting in some other movie besides this. I I, I, I will say this: I, I did I didn't really like Andy Garcia. I haven't really liked any of Andy Garcia's movies. Uh, but he is hit or miss. In yeah, some cases. Uh, I liked him in Godfather too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but I will say this: when they when they when they haul him into the mayor's office and he's there and he's talking to the, ho- the, the homeland security. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like yeah, we got this, and then and then, they're, then they're going back and forth. He's like, "Do you know how many federal 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 regulations you're breaking every day?" And then uh, Holton goes, "One, no, two, no, three, no." <laughs> they just go back and forth. No, one of them, I think, said a thousand. Yeah, a thousand. Said, Plus, you're using a siren that sounds like it should be another country, not even <laughs> yeah, this one. Yeah. So, so I, 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 I chuckled at that, that that point. Oh, and of course, we should also mention before we get into the mayor issue, we should also mention that, the, that our four Ghostbusters do have a Ghostbusters car, which they built out of a hearse, borrowed well, from uh, Patty's uncle. uncle. Yeah, yes. which we'll get to later because that's a very yes. interesting part too. Yeah, and so, that's how, and that's how, truthfully, how Patty becomes a, a part of the team. She's like, I've got my uncles can get us a car, so we don't have to lug around this equipment anymore. Yeah. Um, she's like, okay, you're on the team, <laughs> you know, kind of so thing. So then, uh, they, so the mayor hauls them in because, and he tells them that he wants them to keep doing their thing, but he wants them to downplay it because. Right. I, I guess the FBI or whatever was the, yeah the, yeah the government is working on this no they want you to cool it is yeah. what they said now why is the government because I, I gotta be honest maybe I was just at that point where I'm sitting there going you know like uh, yeah but what 
why was the FBI really investigating well, this? Yeah, I, I, I don't know either. I just thought was, it was kind of – I thought it was kind of just a funny – you know, the Department of Homeland Security is worried about catching ghosts. Yeah. But I, I mean, will say this. There was a scene in previously – I'm sorry, getting back real quick – where they're making a flyers for the Ghostbusters and she's like, if you see something, say something. Yeah, so, yeah. And then Wig's character is like talking to Abby. She's like, that's – the Department of Homeland Security's tagline, or you know, this quote, it's like, oh, so that's why you're getting so many calls. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, so many terrorist calls yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So I mean, that but, yeah, line but, but, actually yeah. at the moment. Yeah. But, but, but I, go on. I'm sorry. I, no, I'm just still trying to figure out. Maybe my memory's faulty, considering though I saw this last week. Yeah. But I'm like, what's what leads to the, the Homeland Security have on Rowan? Because they yeah. we're all to believe that they they have some an idea of why these ghosts are coming right. up. But we never quite get that. Yeah. And Unle- then unless, course, unless they're tracking Ro- uh, Rowan, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Rowan as, a, as, never, a, as a domestic terrorist or something. But we never get that feeling. No, no. It, it, so it just feels a little, it feels like, it feels very odd. So then, um, eventually as the, as the movie progresses, mm-hmm. uh, they eventually get onto the whole aspect of Rowan's character and uh, they find out that he's um, uh Living as a, uh, um, uh, I guess you can say a, he, a maintenance worker. Yeah, he's a maintenance, maintenance worker, worker at a hotel. At a hotel. At a hotel. So they go to the hotel. Sorry. And they also call Homeland Security just so that way they can get some backup. Yeah. And um, we also get another cameo by another than Annie Potts, who played the secretary yeah. in Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters yeah. Two. Here she's playing a hotel uh, manager or, 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 or somebody who works behind the desk, and she yells her famous line, "We got one!" or yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she looks like she's just mad as all hell. Yeah. Which is okay, I guess. It fits the character. I, she plays. I, I, I enjoyed her little cameo. Yeah, I thought she that was, was funny. She was all right. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't hate it, but I was like sitting there going, "Ah, eh, well, you know, okay, it kind of works." So, so then. They go down there, and it turns out Rowan has this, and that's another thing too. Even though this is a comedy, so I guess I guess Paul Feig and you know uh, the co-writer Kay Dippold said, you know, what does it matter? Uh, <laughs> but I love how Rowan lives there, and you'd think management would be keeping an eye on the fact that he's he just built this super conductive device yeah, underneath this supernatural this, conductor, yeah, conductor device. underneath the um, the hotel. That has you know all these different mir- portals or mirrors. Yeah, or there's whatever. a mirror showing all these like weird ghosts. different ghosts ready yeah, to break out. Ready you know. to break out. Yeah, I'm surprised that he's been able to build this goddamn thing. To, uh, but then considering, yes, it's a comedy. Okay, fine. and it's a movie. We yeah, can't yeah, really yeah, dig yeah. too so deep. So we can't dig too deep into it. Yes, I mean you know I, I guess we can wonder exactly how that dim- dimensional por- portal got built into a, a hotel <laughs> in the first Ghostbusters that was supposed to date back to the early 1900s or yes. whatever. But anyways, so. Rowan's character wants to bring in all the ghosts from other dimensions right. into this Earth. And because, basically just destroy it. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, what does Rowan decide to do but kill himself? Right. And, of course, you know, the Ghostbusters manage to shut the machine down. So they mm-hmm. do that. And, of course, and, then, and then classic, you know, um, tradition, you know, in the tradition of movies, uh, the Secret Service and all those guys, uh, Homeland Security, yeah. show up at the last minute. Right. And, you know, put, put, put everything under wraps and basically – for the, the for the news reporters yes. outside, make the Ghostbusters come off as uh, frauds right. and, and have them escorted out of the building. <laughs> we're we're going to fake arrest you, yeah, and we're going to we're going to play it off as you guys are just you know uh, it's just it's just a uh, uh, fakes fakes. Yeah, you know? yeah, and then they and of course they they were going to politely escort them out by basically having the Homeland Security escort them out with handcuffs. Right, right, right. You're not really under arrest, but your car has really been impounded. Yeah, <laughs> And again, that whole awkward. You're not under arrest, but your car has been impounded. So it's like Jesus. So, and of course, it turns out that um, um, 
Aaron's character uh, grabbed Rowan's diary. Mm-hmm. No, actually, not Rowan's diary. He had a copy of their book. Right. Of, of yeah. Of, uh, of Holtzman and uh, not Holtzman. I'm sorry. Um, Abby and Aaron's Ab- book. Abby and about, Aaron's book. Yeah. yeah. So they had a copy of the book, and it. She so flips through the pages. Of course, you get crazy man writing and all that stuff. And, and, and of course, it turns out that. Uh, New, um, Rowan's uh, plan is actually going into effect. Right. Where Rowan has killed himself. Uh, and then, of course, his ghost or his spirit tries to take over. Right. Uh, first, Melissa it, McCarthy's character, yeah. which I thought was probably really the most. It's one of the most stupidest scenes. Well, ever the thing is that, that to me, the scene has been done before. The actual yeah, exorcist yeah. scene has been they done do before. They do a parody of the exorcist where her head turns around, and of yeah. course, Leslie Jones' character says, "You know, oh, the devil's inside yeah. you." And, 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 and then uh, 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 the, the power of Patty compels you, and yeah. she starts smacking the crap out of her, which you know, and, and then actually, ex, you know, actually knocks the, the demon loose. Yeah, and of course, once <laughs> flies again, out the window. Right, right. And of course, once again, for maximum comic effect, we have to have Leslie' character constantly slapping. Uh, Melissa McCarthy's character mm-hmm. in A Christmas is like, I'm all right and everything. So – and as um, Rowan's uh, ghost has exited uh, Abby's body, who does he decide to take over instead? Oh, poor Kevin because Kevin wants to be part of the team. He doesn't yes. want to be a receptionist anymore. and of anymore. course I love how his character wants to be part of the team and of course it comes literally out of nowhere where he's basically telling them outside, yeah. I want to be a Ghostbuster. Yeah, look, I can ride a bike and he's got the Ecto – and OK. So Ecto-1 is the is, is the is the car and Ecto-2 is now Kevin's motorcycle or the right, motorcycle. Right. It, that felt kind of odd because he never gave any indication he wanted to be a Ghostbuster right. before. And of course it's supposed to be that whole awkward humor thing but, and, and of course they're like telling him you got to – you got to get inside the yeah, building. Yeah, come inside, come inside, and then I'll, then he gets possessed. But I want to say this: I think that from what I heard um, and or and read is that there is an alternate version where they actually shot more scenes and they did more things. Mm. So a lot, I know a lot of the stuff has been was cut out and reduced. So yeah. I think at one point there was a version where the hour, movie was like four hours long. I'm like, that's really long for a fucking movie. Yeah, uh, I gotta for, be for, for a Ghostbusters. I, movie. I got to be honest. I sat through two hours of this. Yeah. I don't think I would sit through four hours of an extended yeah. cut. So, so <laughs> I, I, will be, I will be interested to see if the director if there's a when, when if they do release a director's cut to see. All of it together. <laughs> Maybe it'll help explain some more stuff. It's the four-hour-long cut. Well, I, would, I don't think it's. It should be that long. But like, yeah, that's the version we didn't ask for. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but beginning back, it, it, that scene for 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 Kevin just felt kind of weird. I mean, they. I know they needed some sort of segue to get him possessed so they can move the but story forward. But they could forward. have easily have done it where like he's in the office and he gets possessed. Right. And he leaves. Or, and or he's walking out to get a, get you know a pizza or a yeah. sandwich or whatever. Or he's walking out to submit his photos of him trying to play exactly. the doctor. Yeah. You know, but, yeah. but um, so yeah, so now uh, Rowan has taken possession of Kevin yes. and Kevin goes back to the hotel, starts the machine up and of course All hell breaks loose. All literally. hell breaks loose, literally, yes. And then of course this is one part that I truly did chuckle at was where Aaron Gilbert, Kristen Wiig's character, tries to warn oh, Mayor Bradley yes, in yes. the restaurant. And if you remember where she's running up to the the, the window, kind of like Rick Moranis' character in the yeah, first in the Ghostbusters original film, yeah. And, she, and then the 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 the, the lady, the, the assistant to, to the mayor, turns and is like, "Doesn't she know that there's the door over there?" Yeah, she <laughs> she just keeps running to the windows. It doesn't slide open. It oh doesn't how slide. sad! And she goes, "Oh how sad!" <laughs> so then she yeah. so then. Aaron runs in and tells, you know, the mayor, you know, not everything's under control. The mayor says, tells her to get out. And yeah. She says the line that I really did chuckle at. She said, if you don't take care of this, you're going to be the, the worst mayor since the mayor, mayor in the Jaws. Jaws. <laughs> in and the then Jaws, the, Jaws movie. And Andy <laughs> Garcia's character goes, 
He goes, I am not worse than the mayor than Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> Escort her out of here. And she pulls the table yeah. with her and everything. Yeah. That was the one part that I truly laughed I, at. I, I, I guess I, it's because going back to the Jaws episode, I right. mentioned that the mayor was the dumbest character right. in the movie. And I, and I was waiting for somebody to say, and the flowers are still standing. I would have loved it actually had Mayor Mayor Bradley actually wore that crappy anchor suit. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been funny, though. Or, 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 no, but a, but a tie. Yeah. Not something subtle. No, 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 no. The anchor suit. <laughs> I mean, hey, hey, I might criticize this movie for not having any subtleties, but if but if we were given the option, if we were, if we were in Hollywood, actually and actually hired to write this thing and told no subtleties, I would have definitely have kept that line <laughs> and had Andy Garcia wear that crappy uh, anchor suits on top of uh, it. So yeah, so so Aaron runs to the restaurant to try to warn America to get out of the city, yeah, because every, things are coming, and then all of a sudden she's made out to be the loon, and uh, we see her, and you hear a rumbling, and then you see a big trash ca- or trash or garbage pan- can can go by or um, a dumpster is being yeah. pushed. Yeah, and you then, think you think the rumbling is yeah. coming in the garbage can. Yeah. And then, then she's running down the street and she's trying to warn everybody, get out of the city, get out of the city, get out of here, get out of here. And then that's when, you know, the real rumbling happens. Right. And, and then, of course, uh, we should mention real fast, Dan Aykroyd's rather, uh, rather amusing but somewhat I, somewhat, some well, amusing but somewhat useless cameo. Yeah, <laughs> out of all the cameos, I and, and I love Dan Aykroyd. Out of all the cameos, I didn't, I, I didn't like his at all. Yeah, he basically plays a taxi cab driver, mm-hmm. and of course, Kristen Wiig's character tells him he's got to get out of the city, and he's like talking in this very New Yorkish accent, like, yeah. uh, I, ain't, I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, look, I ain't afraid of anything. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. I gotta be honest, I, I, I'm a little surprised that. Um, Dan Aykroyd wasn't uh, drinking his Crystal Head vodka to, well, the thing to, is, to, to promote that. Well, the thing is, when I when I when I saw him in, in this cameo, it didn't even seem like he was looking at Chris Wing's character. Yeah, I mean, he was he's looking like, away he's just a lot. Like, like he's squinting, and he's like, "Okay, I'm gone." You know? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, like, I'm gone. Where's my check? Yeah. <laughs> so, and then of course, in the meantime. Um, Melissa McCarthy, Kate McKinnon, and Leslie Jones' character are like trying to fight all these other ghosts that popped up. And of course, we get a, a, I will say, a slightly fun, but at the same time, rather. I guess you could say bemusing cameo of none other than Slimer. Yes, who yes. steals the ghost yeah. car <laughs> and he starts joyriding around yeah. with all his other ghost pals. Yeah, yeah. Which was, I guess you can say, I mean, it had its moments, but it was just like, uh, uh, okay. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. And then I love. I will say, I did like, in a certain sense, the one scene involving the um, the, the 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 parade. Yeah, the parade with with the Stay Puft Marshmallow. And yeah, the- but also the. Um, the weird-looking ghosts that all of a sudden turn into weird-looking creatures. Oh yes, yes. And they, yes. And whenever, and I love it too when they have to shoot them with the the, the proton packs. They just pop. Right. But it's like they're ghosts. Why would they pop like that? You know, like like no, I I shouldn't criticize that. I know, yeah. but 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 they pop. You know, obviously they're balloon ghosts. Right. So. But they just pop, and it's like they just lay yeah. there, and it's like their ectoplasm doesn't disappear. Or, it's, yeah, it just it just it stays. But the thing is, my 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 I wouldn't say a pet peeve of mine, but what I would like to explain more, and this is why I think that it should be explained more, hopefully in the the the, the DVD release, is that they are throughout the movie they're testing different weapons right. to to, fight, to combat the ghosts, and instead of they're not so worried about like in the original films, they're worried about containing ghosts in a containment unit, right. trapping them. Uh, they are like. Wanting to just kill them, period. Like, if you can kill a ghost, this is how they do it. I'm like, you think I would, I would like to see more steps. I know they contained one ghost and then let it go for <laughs> Bill Murray's character. I'd I, I like to see them try to contain the ghosts more than, right. than outright, like, kill them. But again, 
Who knows? Maybe a sequel though. Yeah, or yeah, maybe like a sequel or an extended version. But I, I, but I did like the, all the different kind of like yeah. funky ass weapons that. Well, uh, but you were talking about the safe of marshmallow yeah. man, and he just falls on yeah. top of. On and, top and they, of and they them. just crush them, and then all of a sudden you get they they made a, a reference where I think it was, uh, uh, Jillian's character Schwartz or. Uh, yeah, gives um, uh, uh, Kristen Wiig's character a, a Swiss army knife. Yeah, it, <laughs> that, it, that was kind of weird. It was I mean, kind of weird. She gives, yeah, at one point she gives Kristen Wiig's character a Swiss army knife. Because she doesn't like, be, like being trusted with all the, you know, yeah, yeah, proton packs. Right, or right. So then, but then uh, all of a sudden you hear a pop and the safe of Marshmallow Man explodes De- yeah. or at least he, or it he deflates. deflates. And then, and then, no, I'm sorry, it deflates. And then... It's 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 Kristen Wiig's character and she they have holding person. the Swiss Army knife right, that right. was given. But I'm like I, I I I was like okay haha whatever let's move on. So then of course you know the the Secret Service and um, Homeland Security uh, and, and the, the Army. Army show up at the hotel where Chris Hemsworth's character is at and Chris and here's a weird thing about this Chris Hemsworth's character is able to make. Basically, control yes control the, control them to make them pause like right. freeze. In what aspect does that fall into the whole ghost aspect? I don't really understand. Uh, other, that. Than, other than he's got all this power now, yeah, I mean, it doesn't. Un- I mean, yeah, it, it's like Rowan. And, and how does Rowan North's char- character obtain all this power? It's like it's very confusing. I mean, what is it about his character, this nebbish, nerdish character? That's the bad guy, an unlikable bad guy, right. to make it quite clear here, um, that's somehow able to obtain all this ghost power because, you know, yes, he's able to take control over um, Kevin's character. Right. And he's a- able to all of a sudden snap his fingers and uh, make the Homeland Security and the military freeze as if they're, yeah. you know, frozen. Right. And, uh, and of course, doesn't do it to the Ghostbusters, right. you know. Yeah, that, that's one thing that kind of like, <laughs> OK, so if he could make everybody freeze, I mean, there could have been something where he, he froze them and they got, un- you know, try to. I have no idea. I don't even know. I mean, yes, we are nitpicking that aspect, but the problem is, is that you know, it's it's almost as if again, Paul Feig and co-screenwriter Katie Dippold decided to just, you know, go you know hog wild and just throw in whatever they could throw in. Right. But the problem is, is that none of it gel. Those elements don't gel together. Yeah. At least in the original film, and yes, yeah. we have to go back to the original film. Yeah, there were some plot elements in the original film that don't quite cut, don't quite the, work out, but. It didn't have a, you know, it didn't quite have the whole throw it to the wall and see what sticks. Well, uh, maybe he, uh, I'm thinking that he, that the, this Ronan character, Rowan character, thinks that he can. He 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 doesn't like them at all, the Ghostbusters. So yeah. he wants to take their time with killing him. He wants well, to bat yeah, around like a cat with a, with, a, with, yeah, a, with, a, with, a, with a ball of yarn. Like I'm, I could kill you at any time. I could right, do whatever I want. Right. But I want you to fight me. I want you to, you know. Right. So uh, I, mean, it, I think that that may have played into that. Right. A little but, bit. I mean, it's just the whole aspect of his character being the, to do that to the Homeland Security and the yeah. army. But just snapping, right. by just simple snapping of his fingers, yeah. like like he's. Uh, you know, like he's the genie from I Dream a Genie, right. for God's sake. So that, that, that's the only like rational thing I could think of. That he wants to just toy with them right, right now. Right. And but, he does. But, but what, I, what I love is where they – I shouldn't say love. But what I liked a lot about when they came into the, the hotel after the, everybody's frozen outside and they see – uh, Kevin slash Ronan or Rowan um, flying around. He goes, "Is this two Peter Pan?" He does a like little thing yeah, and he flies yeah, off. Yeah, that was kind of that was kind like, of funny. I, was like, is this two Peter Pan for you? And I like, and then of course Rowan decides to, you know what? I'm I'm done being in this guy. Yeah. So escapes. Yeah. yeah, yeah he's like he's like you, you you can have your meat suit back or you can have Kevin back and yeah, yeah. but you better catch him and then you know obviously they catch him. Yeah, they catch him and it breaks his fall. And then of course, um, and I will say I did find it amusing. 
what they did here. But at the same time, it was another one of those, you know, what was really the point and how, how right. and, and again, in terms of the story, how is it that uh, Rowan North has the power to do this? Um, <laughs> Rowan decides to appear to them as a ghost because at first he's like this, you know, misty yeah, spirit like purple thing. thing yeah, yeah, like with no defining shape. Yeah. And he decides, oh, what if I appear as a ghost? And he appears as the ghost from, from Ghost, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. And then quickly morphs into this disgusting, yeah. ginormous, yeah. like and ghosty marshmallow keeps thing. Yeah, giants. And it's like, how again, it's like, how does he have this power to do this? Because shouldn't the other ghosts be able to pull this off too? Yeah, well, maybe, he, maybe, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> See, again, that's the thing. We, it sounds like we're nitpicking, but it's just, it feels like. Because he's the boss. I don't know. <laughs> no. Well, it just, again, it feels yeah. like what the, Paul Feig and, and, and Kay Dippel did in the script was they just decided to. To yeah. throw everything in there. It was like when we reviewed Malatesta's Carnival's yeah. of, of Blood, where it was like it felt like those guys were like, "Hey, what if we just put this in there? That'd yeah. be a great." It kind of felt the same with this. Like, why don't we just put this in there? I, it'll, I, can, it'll I totally, can kind of see that. You know, except in this case, they were actually falling off a script. Yeah. That. So, <laughs> so, so of course, um, they uh, eventually find out that the, the the portal, I guess, for the the hotel. It, it, yes. The, if, if they reverse it. Yes. You know, they'll bring all the energy back inside. Right. So but basically what they have to do is they have to take their proton blasters and shoot the top of the car that right. has like this nuclear Yeah, they have to shoot the top of, of their ghost car that has yeah. a has a nuclear component Something, com- in it. Yeah. It could course, help re- reverse the polarities yeah, and suck yeah, all yeah. the ghosts back into the – I'm trying to – and again, they, they – they, I recall I recall them saying about crossing the streams. Did that yeah. kind of come up as a not uh, not no? That was the first two movies. Uh, or first movie. I thought they were refer- maybe I'm maybe I, I'm I don't s- remember that. I mean, I, now you saw it thir- last Thursday. I yeah. saw it uh, Sunday, so, yeah, so it's a little bit fresher in my mind. But I don't remember that. I remember. Uh, oh, next thing I say, like we we, we got to hit the like you said. There's some sort of nuclear component on top of the car. Yeah, that they got to shoot if, off. If on we that. if we shoot if we could get the car into the into the the, the the, um, the portal, the portal, and blow it up. It'll suck all the ghosts and all the stuff back. All right, all right. So then, then you cue Slimer. Not now. Slimer <laughs> has a girl Slimer, yeah, and a girlfriend, and a bunch of these other ghosts just joyriding around New York City. He flies. They shoot, or they shoot their 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 um their proton packs or their proton pistols or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, they shoot at the car to get it to come yeah. towards. Them. Yeah, and then they they throw, and then it jumps off into the ravine or slash you know the portal, mm-hmm. explodes. Sucks all the ghosts up except for the main – except for Ronan who's having a hard time and he grabs Abby. Yeah. And um, then he, um, they shoot them and he gets sucked in the portal. Abby goes in with him because Ronan So Aaron, of course, her. ties herself up to a rope oh, yeah. and goes to the portal to get her back. Right. A very heroic fashion. Yes. And then, of course, once the portal is closed, everything is back to normal and, of course, Aaron and Abby survive. Yeah. You know, because, they're, they're pulling them out. Yeah, know. because Leslie Jones' character pulls them out through the door. And, uh, of course, it also turns out that uh, Kevin is all right, too, and somehow yes. has miraculously gotten the sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> uh, somehow, he's like, some He's way. like, so we were risking your life saving New York, saving the world, and you did what? You got a sandwich? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he's like, yeah. And one of them grabs a sandwich and throws, throws it off. <laughs> but then he says, hey, can you get it? And throw it back. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so then, of course, it ends with um, – you know, despite the fact that the Ghostbusters have saved New York from and destruction in the world, yes. the world um, turns out that uh, the mayor the ma- and Homeland Security and the government yet they are, are downplaying gonna, all are, are going to continue to downplay it and going to continue to deny their involvement and say it's still a hoax. Yeah, but then we get uh, the mayor's assistant to come up to him and says, you know, the mayor really public or thanks you a lot for, for your service but he's gonna it's gonna be privately so we're gonna give you all the money you ever need to, <laughs> to continue your research and continue Jesus fighting Christ. the ghostbusters so 
then you're like, they're like, oh, okay. So then we cut to the scene and they've got the old Ghostbusters yes, they got like, the firehouse. Right, right. And to cap it all off, we get one more cameo. Well, not, well, not exactly one more, but one cameo. Two more, two more. Oh, two cameo. more, two more. Uh, another cameo coming up. Um, Patty's uh, uncle shows up, played by none other than Ernie Hudson, which yes. kind of felt like, well, of course. So yes, it's, it's, because I'm counting, I'm counting down. I'm like, when is Ernie Hudson and yeah. Sigourney Weaver going to show up? <laughs> I was telling you off, yeah. off. Well, before we started, yeah. I said I think had they, had Paul Feig really wanted to go just crazy with this, he should have had flip flopped Ernie Hudson. He should have had Danny Aykroyd play and have Ernie Hudson as a cab driver. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He should just flipped it around, <laughs> just just to throw the audience off one center, you yeah. know. So then, of course. The movie ends and we get the, the classic pre-credit sequence where we get another cameo, which is Sigourney Weaver plays the scientist that uh, – Holtzman looks up to, yes, it, the, like her, her, her um, mentor, I guess. Yeah. And and that was out, – out, out of all of them – and I love Sigourney Weaver. That yeah. felt the most like whatever, OK. Yeah, it felt, it felt like too little it, too late. It, it felt tacked on you. I felt yeah. that they could have put her in somewhere else in there. And by, by the time they rolled the end credits after that, I practically just was done for the day. Yeah. <laughs> I, and, I, and, and I knew to stay towards the end of the credits. I heard that too, but and I just didn't, didn't want to say so, we get to the end of the credits, I, and I stayed, and I and I and I laughed because they did a lot of funny stuff. And part of most of the stuff that's going to end up in the blooper reel anyway, uh-huh. um, of them just screwing off, and you know, and, and Kevin's talking about being a doctor, and he's showing his public publicity stills of him holding a saxophone and playing a saxophone, saying, yeah. "These are for me when I want to become a, playing a doctor." <laughs> um, it's really silly, <laughs> stupid stuff, but it's hilarious. Um, but then after the credits roll goes to black, we open up uh, on the scene, and they're inside the firehouse, and they're working on their you know experiments and stuff like that. And you hear Leslie Jones is sitting in front of the tape recorder, and she's listening, and they're like, "Oh, you got to hear this!" I'm like, "What is it?" What is it? What is it? He's like, she goes, who is Zool? And then, boom, cut the black. Jeez. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm like, okay. So, we, so hopefully there may, so, maybe there will be a so sequel. So if the box office of this performs a little better, we may get a sequel after well, all. And I was thinking about this. I'm like, and I and I gave it probably more thought than I should have. I'm like, you know, would it, that would have been kind of cool if they introduced Zool. And, the, and then Zool could open up a parallel universe, and they get sucked into a the 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 ghost the actual I wouldn't say real Ghostbusters, but the Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, uh, you know, the parallel universe, yeah, the, the, another universe, Jeez. and so they could combine forces and become the Ghostbusters. That would be very weird. <laughs> yeah, but it, it would be funny though. I mean, you could, you could also have things where uh, you know Ernie Hudson comes back as as you know Winston Zedmore. She goes like. You're my uncle. He's like, hey, your uncle. <laughs> so it's like, what movie were you yeah, watching? <laughs> exactly. So I think that, that there could be some fun with that. Yeah. But. I mean, I I gotta be honest. I like I said, I didn't like this movie that much, but I didn't walk out of it with the. I guess you can say the 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 uh, extreme hatred that other people would. Yeah. The fans, the ribald fans, would probably have that that would not have liked this movie. Yeah. I mean, it's not. I think. Looking back on it in hindsight, I think that perhaps as a remake, it would have been better had had Paul Feig not been involved in this because I think he's not not a bad director. I just don't think this was material for him. I yeah. think this was just something that you know. I mean, I think he did it because you know he signed up for it. They wanted him, and he you know I'm sure you know, he's a Ghostbusters fan I, too. So truthfully, I would have liked to see Dan Aykroyd be a part of the writing team on this yeah. he, since he wrote the original. Uh, I would like to see you know even if it was just a, a co-writer because truthfully, um, 
why not have him and Dan Aykroyd and um, uh, Katie Dippel yeah. uh, be, be writers on this? I mean, he, he would have. I think he would have added so much more to this. But I mean, it's and, and also as much as I, I, I'm not against the idea of it being a women team. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't dig the cast that played them. I honestly thought, you know, it would have been better had they gotten a, a cast of new. Like unknowns, almost. unknowns, yeah, just new unknowns. I know that's a risk because you know the studios they want to get the the, the box the, office, the box office, and the quote unquote star talent. But, but I, I honestly think that if you cast unknowns, I mean, this is the Ghostbusters. It's going to draw no matter what. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I mean, and, and also not because this this is unlike the first film or the the sequel to the first film. This is an out and out comedy. Yeah. So. But I, I would have liked it had they not heavy on the heavy on the comedy, light on the horror. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because but then again, I, I can see that being a twofold issue too. Because then they'd say, well, you're just copying too much of what the original did. Because even with that said, this film's plot, with the exception of the whole um, the mayor wanting to downplay the Ghostbusters, and then at the end of the picture deciding to fund them, but still down, still downplay, still, yeah. down, still downplaying it. The film's plotline is pretty much similar to the first, the original film. Yeah. You know, four characters, they want to prove themselves. Uh, they do it first, but nobody seems to care. So then they create their own business, uh, has their business of ups and downs. Then they begin to get some exposure. People still think they're probably frauds, but they manage to get some exposure right. and they do very well with their business. Then, of course, there's the whole end of the world scenario, which is the same as it is in the remake. And then, of course, it's the whole, you know, four of the most unlikely individuals that have to save the world from right. destruction. And it's basically the same thing. So I, I can understand that perhaps, you know, making this an out and out comedy was probably their only option. But I, But like you said, I would have liked it a little more, you know, less of the comedy. Yeah, and, you know. I, I, yeah. If they could have made it a little more, a little drier, yeah. I think you would have gotten right maybe a better response. Mm-hmm. In hindsight, you know, it's it's always twenty twenty. Right, but it, it is. What, I mean, I, this is the thing. I, I didn't. I really didn't love the movie. It's not a movie I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy. Yeah. I, I honestly, and I'm honestly, I I I do agree with the fans that you know, hey, you've dangled the idea of the sequel. F- Below these many years, and this is what we get in return. But at the same time, you know, if I tell the fans, "Hey, guys, this is this is the major studio film industry. They don't give a shit what we ask yeah. for." So, with that said, I'm I'm honestly giving it the thumbs down. But I'm also telling people out there, if you want to go see this movie. Go ahead. Uh, you, it's you, up to you. <laughs> you. You could find better, worse ways to spend an, oh, a, a yeah, two hours yeah. of your time. As much as I'm giving it a thumbs down. I got to say that, you know, it's not the worst movie of this year. Yeah. And, and, it's just weak, yeah. you know. And, and truthfully, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm going to go see it again next week with my son because he, <laughs> he saw the trailer and he wanted to see it. And I'm like, okay, I still got a couple more yeah. uh, coupons. So right, I'm right, right. going to go again and maybe it'll be better on a second viewing. I'm not sure. Um, but I probably more than likely will probably buy it for my son and, and my daughter when she gets old enough so she can watch it. Because um, let's face it, it's, it's, kind of, it's there. It, it's everyone's movie, but... You know, I'm sure it's, the kids are going to love it. So. Yeah, yeah. And, just, and, just, just to quote uh, uh, Bill Murray from the first, kids are going to love it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it, like I said. The kids love it. Us. No, no, it's like the kids love us. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, again, like I said, for me, yeah. it's just. It's, yeah, it's, I, I'm going to give it a partial thumbs up. Um, I, like I said, I can't. I didn't love it. I liked it. So 
I'll give it a partial thumbs up, thumbs up. Yeah, you know? it's like the same. I mean, like, I, I didn't like it, but right. I didn't so quite you, hate it to the extent so, where I'm going to like, you know, vehemently I'm, bash yeah, it. Like I'm, else. I'm not going to say don't go see it. And yeah. if you see it, you're stupid. No, yeah, absolutely yeah. If not. You want, if they, fans, if you want to see it, yeah. Take your risk, but yeah. I mean, you know, that's just what it is. But that's that's how I feel. And to, <sighs> so, I mean, uh, do you have any trivia there too? I actually do. I have uh, quite a few. So I'm going to try to get through these as quickly as possible because let's face it, I'm tired and <laughs> I'm battling a cold. So okay, uh, uh, one of the fun facts is during the 1990s, Dan Aykroyd's concept for the third Ghostbusters film revolved around go- Ghostbusters traveling to an alternate hellish, hellish version of New York City. The Columbia Pictures balked at the proposed $150 million budget. Ultimately, Ghostbusters from 2016 ended up with a $154 million budget, although with inflation means it costs less than Aykroyd's proposed sequel. Um, How about they balk at that budget? Man? I, I, I mean, I, I will say that that sounds pretty high. I, I, I forget how much Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2 cost, but those yeah. those were mil- – those were – Million-dollar movies too. Yeah, they, they made their. They, they were going to make their money. Yeah, yeah. So, well, if they played their cards right, because they didn't with Ghostbusters too. But that's so, a different story. Um, at one point, Aaron proclaims that books can't fly, and neither can babies. Both happens in the original Ghostbusters from '84 and Ghostbusters Two from '89. <laughs> oh, you know, I didn't catch that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the hotel where the ghost appears is the same hotel used in the TV series American Horror Story Hotel. Hmm. So, oh, 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 when the when the grand piano in the hotel lobby is smashed against the wall, it plays the first few notes of the Ghostbusters theme. Right, right. Uh, Daniel Ramis, son of Harold Ramis of the original Ghostbusters from 1984, has a small role as a metalhead outside the concert that Rowan attends. <laughs> I would have never known that. Yeah, um, me neither. This movie is dedicated to Harold Ramis, as mentioned in the final credits. Um, the role of Patty Tolan, played by Leslie Jones, was originally written for Melissa McCarthy, but director Paul Fig realized that Melissa McCarthy had played a similar character in his previous films, explaining, I wanted to unleash Leslie on the public in the same way we unleashed Melissa on the public with Bridesmaids in 2011, with a very showy role. Well, like, okay. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, and some of the posters featuring Holtzman, Kate McKinnon, on her proton pack is the number 2206. This is the same number as Dana Barrett's apartment in the original Ghostbusters. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was wondering because there's a moment where you actually do see the number. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, what's the point I, of the number? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Oh, Jason Reitman, the son of original Ghostbusters director Ivan Reitman, was asked in an interview if he would consider directing a reboot. Reitman joked that based on his ex- uh, his existing work, his version of the film would just be about people talking about ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> Okie dokie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, so the original Slimer was a tribute to the late – to late John Belushi. Yeah. When Slimer steals the Ecto-1, he joyrides with a girl ghost with blonde hair in an early 1960s style. At the end of Animal House from 1978, Belushi's character joyrides with a blonde lady who has similar hair. (laughs) So um, now this this gets a little wonky here, but um, we're talking about the proposed sequel to the original Ghostbusters films. In late 2000, in the late 2000s, Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd supervised a script for a third Ghostbusters film written by year one 2009 co-writers Gene Stupinski and uh, Lee Eisenberg. Bill Murray later said in an interview with GQ that he never read the script after year one was a commercial and critical failure. Well, there's a good reason why year one was a commercial and critical failure. It was just not a funny movie. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry to... I love Harold Ramis. Yeah, but no, that movie. But, but if that was the last, I think that was the last movie. I think that Harold Ramis had been involved with. Yeah, I'm, and I gotta say, what a way to go, dude. I'm sorry. Right. 
So, so. Um, oh, uh, later, e- e- Ethan Cohen uh, wrote a draft. Dan Aykroyd v- vehemently denied the rumor that Murray shredded the script. During an appearance on the Howard Stern show, Murray admitted that he had not read either draft, that draft either. So there, there's there again. We're getting back into the whole you know complexity. Well, of it stuff. sounds to me that Murray at this point in his life has just become extremely lazy. I mean, no offense to him, right. I like the guy. I, I think, think he's got a great sense of humor, but it says a lot about a guy who would who doesn't want to read it. Yeah. I mean, come on, dude. If you don't want to do it, just say you don't want to do it. All right. Uh, oh, <laughs> uh, this this is pretty funny. Bill Murray's character at one point mentions Casper, the friendly ghost. In Casper from 1995, Dan Aykroyd makes a brief appearance in a very yeah, fitting cameo, reprising his role as Ghostbuster Ray Stans, complete with jumpsuit and proton pack. I did see that movie actually, I want to say about three months ago with my son and daughter, and <laughs> it is funny. He's, he's running out of the house with the proton pack. He goes, Don't go in there. <laughs> yeah, does he have like a weird little mustache too? Yeah, yeah, he, it's, yeah. It's so weird, man. <laughs> so that's really all I got for fun facts for this. Yeah, um, I, it's. So, I mean, hopefully you all have enjoyed what we've had to say about this uh, yeah. remake or reboot, whichever term you and, want to coin for and it. And so. either if you fall where you you loved it to pieces, you liked it, or you hated it, we hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. Or at least I, our show. Oh, so. yeah. Please, please, please enjoy our show. <laughs> so, in uh, closing. Well, hey there, horror fans. Uh, don't forget to tune in to our uh, August episode, eh? Uh, episode 17, uh, that Canadian horror episode. Uh, Tim and I are packing up the old El Camino with, uh, we got a couple of Molson Sixers in the car, and uh, we are blasting the uh, bare naked ladies on the old hi-fi, so uh, hit the road with us, and don't forget your passports, eh, hosers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we'll hope you, we hope you'll join us for our August episode. And as always, we are striving to put out the best show possible. If you have any ideas for shows that you would like us to possibly cover, just shoot us an email through our official Facebook page, or through our email address at thathorrorshowpodcast at at gmail.com we're also on twitter and instagram twitter at thsp at that horror show one and then instagram at instagram.com backslash that horror show podcast now if you subscribe to us through itunes please leave us a rating and a message and let us know how we're doing we love your feedback and if you listen to us through our pot if you listen to us through our Podbean page please leave us a note there as well take care and good night and we'll see you in august see you next time